You wanted an update. Here's the update. You will like it. The Game of Thrones book club is not finished. We're back. Yes. Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler here, joined by everybody's favorite mustache twirling villain, Terry Schwartz. Terry, what's going on? Oh, my God. I missed your intros. It's been so long. It's been six months since our last podcast. I know. We're terrible podcasters. It's been so long that before we went on the air, Terry, you and I had to, like, look up when our last Game of Thrones book club podcast was. Because you were like, didn't we do one in August? I was like, I don't think we did one in August. (laughs) Uh, I think it's... Well, lucky for all of you, we've just been sitting around doing nothing these past six months. Yeah. We've been like hosting movie screenings at our local theater. We've been complaining about football. Not a lot of work. Yeah. It's been <laughs> just kidding. That was sarcasm. We've both been really busy. Josh, really? you go first. Update us on your life. We missed Oh my you. god. No, life's been good. Uh, this is actually this is my first podcast since uh since December. I went off the air after talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens with Kevin Mahadeo. I haven't been podcasting since then because I was away on what I would say is much needed vacation. Uh, we went to, to Japan. Everyone stalk Josh on Twitter and other places. My Instagram was, was obnoxious. It I was, was a prolific, prolific Instagramming from from uh, my trips to Japan uh, on Instagram. You can find me on Round Howard. Uh, but yeah, I was there. I was in Japan. It was awesome. Terry, you were in Japan last year. I was in Japan last February, and you going back forced me to realize I need to go back. So everyone go to Japan. It's everyone awesome go place to Japan. To go. I remember at the time I had asked you like if you if you'd seen any funky Game of Thrones things in Japan and. I was surprised when you didn't, but I went, there's really no funky Game of Thrones thing. They have like a really funny, different box set art. I was like in one of the, um, the, the big department stores and I was looking at all the DVDs and they just like, even for like season five, I think they had like, or season four, I guess it would have been at the time they had like Ned Stark on the cover and stuff like that. Just the recognizable faces. (laughs) In Japan, Ned Stark lives. (laughs) <laughs> Ned Stark yeah. always lives in Japan. He never died. He was alive forever. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where I've been. But then just work-wise, outside of that, I have been podcasting a lot. I have been writing a lot. Uh, I haven't been podcasting about Game of Thrones very much, if at all, uh, due to other projects that have been in the works. Uh, but that doesn't mean I haven't been talking about Game of Thrones. A cool thing that happened to me is I will be, um, I, I am now the Game of Thrones beat reporter for thehollywoodreporter.com. So that's pretty fun. That's a really cool gig. Shout out to Leslie Goldberg, who who gave me the job. Uh, I'll be talking about Game of Thrones there all season long, getting you lots of really fun interviews, cool insight into the show. So that's really great. Uh, and Terry, new new life work changes for you as well. You as as people who are who are loyal listeners to the Game of Thrones book club, remember it, you're an editor from, from zaptoit.com, except now you are no longer at Zaptoit. You are elsewhere. I am elsewhere. I ended up with the awesomest of all awesome gigs. No offense to your also awesome gig, Josh Wiggler. Uh, but awesome. I am now, I'm now entertainment editor at IGN, which is part of the reason that I have had zero free time to, to hop on and talk Game of Thrones with my favorite person to talk Game of Thrones with. But I have, we have been doing podcasts over there. We do keeping it real. We have done, I basically like lived, breathed and slept Star Wars for a solid two months there. I, yeah. I did our like red carpet coverage and junket and review and that, that was a bit crazy. It was hard to think about anything else, even Game of Thrones. But I do, I do want to say, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Josh, this is sort of a weird season for me. I'm like having a difficult time mustering the same enthusiasm I've had for previous seasons, partially because I don't know what's coming partially because of the whole like Jon Snow of it all has sort of exhausted me the past year. But this like the news that we aren't getting winds of winter, which is the the first big thing we're going to talk about in the podcast uh, is like a huge bummer for me. I'm, I'm, I know I will watch it uh, and I'm sure that I will really like it, but it's weird having someone else tell George R. R. Martin's story before George R. R. Martin will. Yeah, so this is a, this is a great thing. So this is really this is you know this was the break glass in case of emergency situation. You know we've been waiting as everyone has been waiting for a Winds of Winter update. If you haven't heard the the bummer news yet, George R. R. Martin has officially announced that the Winds of Winter, the sixth book in his series, is not going to come out before season six of the show. So if you read the books, which I sincerely hope you do, since you're listening to the Game of Thrones book club, and if you're new to the Game of Thrones book club, as I often do, I give you the spoiler alert that goes on for way 
too long. This is the podcast that you listen to if you've read the books and you know what's happening in the books. And all spoilers from the books are fair game when talking about Game of Thrones, the show through this lens. We don't have that, too many of those left. <laughs> but we don't really have too many of those left. You know, we were, we're, we're here at season six. Most of the main story material has been exhausted from the books. And, you know, in a perfect world, The Winds of Winter, the sixth book, was going to come out and we would be able to read what happens in George's story before it shows up on screen. We would know what happens to Jon Snow as George R. R. Martin has written it before David Benioff and Dan Weiss have, uh, have, you know, shown it on television. That's not going to be the case. Uh, the show is going to tell that story before George R. R. Martin tells that story. And that was revealed in a very, very long, Bummer of a live journal update from George R. R. Martin, who said, uh, gives me no pleasure to type the words, but the winds of winter is not finished. The book is not done. And he goes on to chronicle, you know, tons of, you know, a laundry list of reasons why it's not done. It basically boils down to the writing just hasn't been working out. Um, he, he's had plenty of chances. He talks about how he's had a few different deadlines that he could have hit that would have gotten the book out before season six. And pretty much it just boils down to him giving you the shrug emoticon and being like, eh, didn't happen. Sorry. Uh, he sounds really bummed about it. He sounds upset about it. Yeah, he sounds super bummed about it. And I guess since the last podcast, we would have been, we would have done the Emmys, which I actually, I got to go to the Emmys this year, which was super How was weird. That? Well, that was, a, that was a crazy year because Game of Thrones won, won the Emmys. Exactly. Like I personally thought, I was like, this is perfect. This is like just for me that I'm here. It was super weird though. They, they hold it at the Staples Center in LA, which is like the big, uh, like a uh, basketball hockey, um, arena that they do it and like I think it was just because we were in normal seating we weren't on like actual nominees seating but you would just go and like buy your food and drinks at uh-huh. normal concession stand at normal concession stand prices <laughs> so we like all these people in amazing dresses were um were like eating hot dogs plowing <laughs> down table center yeah. hot dogs and, and one of the weirdest this is such a tangent but one of the the weirdest uh moments was the i was in the bathroom and the actress carice van hooten who plays uh, melisandre and i'm sure yes. i butchered her her beautiful dutch name yeah i um, believe it's uh carache <laughs> Carrot Van Houten. I don't know. Carrot Van Houten. There was this drunk woman who I think was just like a glammed up attendee going off to Curry's about some like patch you can put on your armpit that makes you not sweat for three days. I'm not even joking. She was like, it's what you got to do if you're wearing these dress. And I was like, this is, this is one of the weirdest, most surreal things that I've ever experienced. But anyway, it was George R. R. Martin's birthday that day. That, and was, like, that has to be one of the strangest tangents you've ever gone. You're welcome. You're welcome. Podcasts. You all missed We're easing back this into what you guys one. wanted. <laughs> at least it was Game of Thrones related. Um, but at, at the HBO party that night, which everyone was like super stoked, they won the, the Emmy for Best Drama Series which is a huge honor. They basically cleaned up, but it was George R. R. Martin's birthday. And he was just like in such a good mood. I was like, I chatted with him briefly, just like to say hi. And it was like at the table next to him. And he was just like riding high and looking back and reading, you know, what he wrote in that blog. I was like, you know, I, like I could feel it then he would have been more bummed, right? You would have, you would have been able to feel the dread and, and anxiety that it, it was clear that he felt by the end when he realized that he wasn't going to meet the deadline and that he was going to fail essentially. And I would say like, I mean, a lot of people are like, don't throw George R. R. Martin under the bus, but he really failed and disappointed a lot of fans. And yeah, like people will watch the show or they weren't, they won't. But to me, the biggest disappointment is, as I said, that someone else is telling his story before him and it's happened in other mediums, but like, like the hundred is an example where that, show came out when like the first book came out and but they quickly diverged and game of thrones is so close that like even the things that are like you don't want people reading your book being like oh that's what the show did different for the first time being like that's what the show did differently that's what this did differently you want people to just experience it at its own as its own thing and he was like hundreds or maybe thousands of people will be disappointed i mean like tens of thousands of people at this point are gonna be as invested as we are wanting to talk about this all the time and dissect everything yeah i mean look it's a bummer there's no there's no 
way of talking about it without acknowledging outright. It's a bummer. It would be awesome. It would be fantastic. It would be the ideal situation if this book was dropping before season six. But it's not the world we live in. It's not happening. I really thought that it was going to happen. I did as well. And it certainly sounds like, you know, there there had been a lot of clues kind of leading up to it. The fact that Game of Thrones seems there's no official um, premiere date yet, but it seems like it's going to be late April. It felt like, uh, and later than usual, and it felt like it was being pushed back. So Winds of Winter might drop early. There were some other clues out there that were really pointing to, I think, the Winds of Winter is going to come out before season six. And even reading Martin's blog post, he basically says, like, yeah, that was the plan. We were close, uh, but right now we're, we're not. We're, we're, you know, I've, I've blown past the deadlines that this could have actually happened and it's just not going to happen. Um, so, I mean, that was certainly what they were working toward. And I think that, you know, George Martin has always been, you know, for somebody who's writing such a story with such pessimistic plot developments and bad endings for so many of these good characters, I think that he's an optimist. And I think that he believed he could do it. And I believe him sincerely when he writes, I never thought that the show would have gotten this, you know, far ahead. I never thought that the show would catch me, um, you know, when I, when I when we started this thing but you know they did and he also talks about how maybe a bunch of the people that I've been working with saw this coming before I saw it coming I think that a lot of fans certainly saw this coming and so for me yeah I'm disappointed for sure but even though I thought that we were going to get Winds of Winter before season six, a part of me was steeled for the fact that we weren't. Um, you know, a part of me was prepared for the fact that very likely season six was going to drop and we were going to find out what happens to Jon Snow in the show before we find out in the books. So on, on one level, yeah, that sucks. But on another level, I've been prepared for this. And unlike you, because maybe I'm a morbid person, I guess, <laughs> is like now I'm kind of like more curious about Game of Thrones than ever. Um, you know, for the, for the first time, you know, we're, we're in this place where we've been waiting since 2011, since A Dance with Dragons, for the story to move forward. Here we are in 2016, and the story is finally about to move forward. It's not going to be as told by George R. R. Martin, which sucks, um, but it is going to move forward, and we are going to know what happens to Jon Snow. And it might be different from how it plays out in the books, but you got to imagine it's going to be similar enough. Like, the story beats are going to be fairly reflective of whatever Martin is planning. And I'm excited to see how that plays out. So I'm just genuinely excited that this story is finally about to progress after years and years of waiting, five years of waiting. All you, um, you saying all that is like making me nervous. Like I know we still have four months, but I had the same thing with, with when I saw Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Finally. No spoilers. No, no spoilers, but just like sitting down in the theater and like chatting with my friend. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. The lights go down. And all of a sudden my entire body, I was like, I'm not ready for this. I've been talking about this. and so excited about this for so long. Like I'm not, I'm not ready for this moment. And it was very strange watching the movie. It wasn't really until the second time that I watched it where I was like, okay, like I, it feels like a star Wars movie, but maybe I'm just having the same thing right now where I'm like, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, maybe I'm still after four or five years, not ready to find out what happened to, to Jon Snow or even in this way. Sure, sure, sure. No, and I think, you know, there's, there's this great, uh, article that Mike Ryan at Uproxx wrote about Star Wars on the Monday before Star Wars came out. And he said that this is the best day to be a Star Wars fan. The best day, the last truly incredible day to be a Star Wars fan. Uh, because right now Star Wars is whatever you want it to be. Reviews haven't come out yet. Buzz hasn't started. You know, you know, there's no real word of mouth. There's just the general excitement in Star Wars. For the next, you know, 24 hours before these reviews start coming out, before the movie is in theaters, it can be whatever you want it to be, and your hype level can be wherever you want it to be. And I thought that that was really, that was a really interesting insight. I, I have this recurring gag on Twitter when I'm talking about Survivor, which is, you know, as people who listen to me know, a, a very favorite show of mine, uh, where I talk about the, the hours and days leading up to a new episode of Survivor are better than the actual, you know, hour of watching Survivor itself. And I guess what I mean by that, not to like slice up the joke too much, is there's something to be said for that anticipation, for the buildup, for the for the period of time where this thing is whatever it is that exists in your mind. You know, it's before it's before it's a reality, it's before however it plays out, kind of guessing where things are gonna go, what's going to happen. That's where the magic lies for me in pretty much any type of storytelling. That's where I really like to live. And so this is a really exciting time right now in Game of Thrones where, yeah, the book is not coming out 
anytime soon. I mean, we can start forecasting when we think that thing is going to come out. I think that's a topic that we should definitely touch on. But we know that this story is about to continue, and it's and this this five year period of anticipation um, that that we've been living in since Dance with Dragons ended is now in some shape or form it's it's now about to accelerate. I think that that's really cool. I wish it was with the book. It's not with the book, and I think that rather than just wallowing in depression about it, which would be very easy to do, and I'm sure a lot of people have done. I'm ready to just move on and and get ready for the show. And I'm excited to see how the show handles things. You know, I think that, you know, an episode like Oathkeeper back in season four when the Night's King first showed up and we first see what happens to Craster's baby, the episode that spawned, yeah, the, the, Game Thrones, <laughs> that spawned the Game of Thrones book club podcast, like that was one of the biggest holy shit moments of Game of Thrones for me. That's, for me, one of my all-time favorite scenes from this show because it was something that I had no idea that that was coming. It was not in the books at all and we've had a few more of those moments since then uh you know a ton of them in season five now season six is going to be mostly that so yeah would i like to get that stuff in the books first of course but it's it's you know we're about to head into a season that's going to be for better or for worse all of that all the time and there's something really exciting about, about that for me josh i just just went on such a roller coaster of emotions like hearing you talk like you got me so pumped up and then i went down and then i'm like so pumped up i'm like all right i'm ready i'm ready because you're right like looking back now we've been living with this john snow cliffhanger for so long but it is game of thrones best cliffhanger in the entire series, like George R. R. Martin started doing cliffhangers more and more as we got into books four and five. The simple, is Jon Snow alive or dead? And like he, again, he did that with other characters. We aren't getting into spoilers if for whatever crazy reason you aren't caught up on Game of Thrones books or show, uh, or at least a season mine. But, but yeah, like the, the, um, that other one is a big one, but I think in terms of both execution on the show and in the books and just the way that the Jon Snow question has taken over pop culture and you're seeing shows like The Walking Dead and like just network shows copying that because it, there was such uproar about Game of Thrones. I think it's really interesting. And yeah, like we've been speculating and theorizing for so long that to get that answer and it's, it's going to be a yes or no, I'm guessing. I mean, it's a yes. Yeah. It's a yes. Yeah. Um, which by the way, we should talk about another thing that happened in those six months since we've been terrible, terrible podcast hosts, not updating you guys, but there was, the first teaser art for season six yeah. was the bloody Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. HBO, yeah. the ultimate trolls. I was I like, okay, it. this is amazing. Yeah, and again, without getting into spoilers on another show, you know, there was something that happened on Walking Dead this season that had a lot of people talking, and it was similar in nature to the Jon Snow type. Homeland thing. did the same thing with one of their characters. At the yeah, end. it's been it's been in the air this this idea of like putting a main character in what seems to be like undeniable fateful peril, and then you know, kind of walking it back. Uh, and Game of Thrones is sort of you know, it's the king of that right now because they ended season five on that note with Jon. On snow. Uh, and just as Walking Dead wrapped uh, its mid-season, HBO released this key art, this, you know, this teaser image of Jon Snow with blood on his face, like trickling down and shadows covering him. But, you know, other than that, very much, you know, physically present. And it said April uh, or it said like, you know, season six coming soon, whatever it said. Yeah. And it's like, oh, great. So, you know, you you've been spending the summer, you've been spending the week since Game of Thrones went off the air talking about how Jon Snow is dead, dead is dead, all of this stuff. Kit Harrington's off the show and immediately HBO comes back with this look at Kit Harrington. Uh, like, Jon Snow is right front and center in the marketing campaign. There's also a, a teaser trailer, very, very quick, um, I think only a minute long, with no new footage, but new uh, dialogue between the Three-Eyed Raven and Bran Stark, uh, who we're getting to, to, to look in on for the first time since season four. Yeah, they're, and, like, actually showing us a decent... There was also a photo released of him. Right, right. So season, a decent yeah, so, amount of Bran. So Bran is, like, you know, the second character that's really heavily in the forefront of the 
promotion right now. But the the main guy is Jon Snow. Like the this teaser begins with a look at Jon Snow. I think it's from Hard Home when he's sailing away from the Night's King, and that's the image that it fades in on. So you call it trolling. I think that's right. I think that HBO is doing like a really masterclass, artful job in trolling, and I think that they are being very very smart and savvy about this uh, because of course Jon Snow is coming back. Oh the, yeah. The question the question is how the question is when why what does it mean what does this mean for the series what does it mean for the character what does it mean for the world of Westeros those are the questions the question isn't is he coming back because the answer is very much yes and rather than really resisting that I think that they're doing a really clever thing in leaning into like the wink wink at the at the audience and just like dangling Kit Harrington's face in front of people yeah, uh, unless think, they're being they really mean. awful and Jon Snow actually is dead and they're just totally playing with their emotions. If Jon Snow I mean, doesn't live through the goddamn end of Game of Thrones after all this, I don't know what I'll do. He can, he can die at watching. the end, but he's got he's got unfinished business and, until then. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like through the last season, right. which I guess is like. A season or two away at this point. Yeah, so we're actually about to start uh, TCA, which is the Television Critics Association, which happens twice a year. I know I've talked about it before. Um, and HBO is going to present in on Friday. Uh, that that would be the eighth. Uh, I wonder if they're going to announce then how many seasons we're going to get because that comes up every half year when they do a presentation and we get to speak to the heads of HBO, uh, Mike Lombardo and the rest. I I wonder if, because they, I mean, it's been renewed through season six. It's not been renewed past that. I think that could be some interesting news that we can speculate about. Someone assuredly is going to ask, but um, yeah, I still think eight seasons. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's what they've said in the past. I think that they've said, they've said eight. But I mean, the world that we're living in now is we, we could talk about Jon Snow all day. We've, you know, whether it was offline or in articles we've been writing, I mean, we've been talking about Jon Snow. We've every, everywhere you look, there's a new theory about Jon Snow. I've certainly been guilty of floating my, my own crazy ideas out there. Uh, but I think that one thing, that isn't speculation at this point is so th- so this big news from George R. R. Martin was confirming that the winds of winter isn't coming out before season six. Uh, I think that there's a chance that th- th- hopefully knock on freaking wood that it comes out before season seven or, or, or season eight. But I think that this, this really, if there was ever a doubt about it, this solidifies to me that we could talk about how long game of Thrones is going to go on eight seasons, nine seasons, whatever. I think that there's no chance now that Martin can finish the series, uh, can finish the books before the HBO show wraps. Oh, no way. Which is like, again, I mean, mean, I've said it before. I can't think of any other situation like this. Like imagine if the Harry Potter movies finished the series before JK Rowling, because those were coming out riots in the street. Like, I mean, and, and again, like when George R. R. Martin's like, whatever butterfly effect, there's difference. And when like, when HBO was like, you guys like, whatever, like, no, it's not whatever. Like, like there is, you're allowed to be disappointed. You aren't, you know. I don't think. I don't think that he's saying like, "Don't be disappointed." I think that he's saying. No, but other don't. people are coming out and saying that, and they're like, right. you, and it goes back to Neil Gaiman's whole, whole and apologize for the the curse word, but it's Neil Gaiman's curse word. But he's like, George R. R. Martin isn't your bitch, and I'm like, fine, be that as it may. But you know, you are to a certain point. Letting your story be, I, I don't know. I'm talking myself in circles, but I, th- I think that he, I think that he knows that he has disappointed people. I think that he knows that he has let down people, and I think that my guess is that's not a pleasant feeling to have to live with. That doesn't, you know, exonerate anything. But I can't imagine he's pumped about it. I can't imagine he's I happy think about it's it. Like it's a justifiable disappointment because for years, like when when this has been talked about, it's been brushed away. And this is just like for me personally, when like dealing with you know talking with with people within the industry people have been brushed it away it's not something that should be talked about blah 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 blah. But now we're up to this point and i'm like you know what it's a fair issue to have it's a fa- if people are saying i don't want to keep watching the show because i don't want to be spoiled to the books that's fair like it's it's 
It's it's fair. I think it's kind of foolish. I actually wrote about this today. I, I wrote about this today, uh, this idea of, like, I'm not watching the show anymore because uh, it's going to get into the book stuff before the books get there. I think you could do that. It's every You know, George writes this in his blog post. He's like, hey, however you want to deal with this situation, that's on you. You do you. Do whatever you want. If you don't want to watch the show anymore because you're afraid it's going to spoil the books, that's fine. And yeah, absolutely. Do you do do whatever makes you comfortable? All I would say is good luck dodging the spoilers. I mean, the the, the way that people reacted to the Jon Snow thing, Facebook friendships ended over this because <laughs> people talked about it so openly, so quickly. But you know, not even talking about it in spoiler alert terms at all within hours, if not you know, if not sooner, if not minutes of the scene taking place. And season six is just going to be filled with moments like that, whether, you know, of that magnitude or smaller, there's going to be a lot that is revealed in this coming season. And unless, you know, you're willing to go social media dark, I think that you're going to catch a stray spoiler and you may as well experience it on the show. Um, you know, you're, would you, would you rather, would you rather, you know, completely dodge the thing or try to completely dodge the thing and then just get spoiled because one of your friends online has said a thing, or would you, you know, at least like to own the way that you're going to encounter those spoilers because it's going to happen. Um, my, my, like I get, I get the, I get the perspective. And if you feel like you can do it, by all means, go ahead. But I think it's gonna, you're going to have a really tough time. I think you're going to have a really tough time if you're somebody who uh, doesn't want to watch the show because it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with your experience with the books. I think it's going to be really hard to avoid what's coming up in season six. I think I'm just very personally biased because both my boyfriend and my best friend have taken that stance. And I'm like, you guys are putting that on me because now I can't talk about it in my own home. <laughs> like they're, they're like, we're not going to watch the show until the book comes out. Like, oh, George. Yeah, I've got bad news. I've got bad news for your best friend and your and your boyfriend. I think that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna catch it. I think it's gonna happen. Uh, Mike, uh, don't Mike. Please tell him I'm sorry. Yeah, everyone, I, everyone who's listening to this point, just tweet at Rogue Cheddar and just say why. With oh no! Don't send them there. Don't just, send them. Just why out of context? It'll be really funny for me. Oh, okay. uh, that was bad. That was bad advice. Bad advice. <laughs> now he now he's Blame really George. gonna get screwed. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> really gonna remember that. I do. I want to. I want to get away from the. the the whole like book before the or show before the book thing because I know at a certain point enough enough can be said and I know I'll just talk myself in circles but something sort of cool came out of the um, the past season I mean we're talking about how the Jon Snow thing blew up if you look back the Red Wedding thing blew up the right. Ned Stark death was the, sorry spoilers again <laughs> hopefully that didn't spoil it no there's just, the, 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 no not at this point but, we're good we're but good. that was the that was like the for that changed the way that deaths in TV shows are perceived because it was such an explosive moment. Game of Thrones, with all its viewers, you know, is is this huge cultural phenomenon. And this past season, we talked about it a bunch, but the subject of the use of rape on the show was discussed a lot. And something sort of cool came out of it where I forget who it was, but someone involved in the creative team said, you know, we don't like to think about criticisms and let them affect the show, but this one became so prevalent and so just, just such an ongoing conversation that we really did reevaluate and try to take more care in the way we use those storylines. And I thought that was really interesting. I think that's a oh, smart choice. That. Yeah. It came out a, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was over the holiday break. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, d- I doubt they're going to like, take out a rape that a, a pivotal rape, if there is one coming up because people will complain about it, but being more thoughtful about the way you're presenting those things, I think is only a good thing. Um, and if that means that we don't have more like extras being raped as like set decoration, maybe that's not a terrible thing. Uh, so you're saying they're listening to the audience. Yeah, I think, and I think it's not just like, people trolling Reddit or something being like, Oh, they complain about this or that or this or that. But it just became such a huge part of the game of Thrones conversation last season. I think it's really smart that they decided to say, Hey, okay. You know, maybe we should shine the mirror back on ourselves and, and see if there's something that we could be doing differently. That isn't so upsetting or, or, you know, just controversial. 
so if there if there's things that they can be doing differently and they're listening to the audience in terms of that, are you telling me that we can make strong Belwas happen? I mean, we like must. If, we, if we're just loud if, enough about if it, every single person in the production of Game of Thrones is not listening to Game of Thrones book club, then. <laughs> They're clearly doing something. And wrong. we could we could make them postpone the season for yeah. a year. Like we could deal with that Game of Thrones for a year, put the season in the can, everybody take a nap. Yeah. I mean yeah, Everyone absolutely. Up. Wait, so how at this point, going into season six, how ideally would you have Strong Bellwas introduced? Oh man. I mean it's Would it be a whole Strong Bellwas like bottle episode i'll tell you this i think that they should put uh they should they should you know obviously it's too late they got to air season six that's fine but next year 2017 make it the strong Belwaz miniseries and yeah. it doesn't even have to be that mini it could be the full scale 10 episode thing and it's just like the 10 episode strong Belwaz origin story i'm sold yeah uh i wish Belwaz. So can that be our can that be our hashtag i know we're only halfway through but can it be like Strong Belwas season seven is that strong? Strong, strong Belwas for president for prez. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty president Belwas. Uh, so yeah, no, that's 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 interesting. That's great. Um, yeah, I think with with season with season six right now, it's it, listen. I think that. Uh, I've I've laid it out there. I would I would rather have the book before the show, but that's not the world we're, we're living in. And I think that more than anything, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I think that it's an exciting thing, and I think it's a dynamic thing, and it makes me feel feelings. Uh, like I I don't feel disinterested. I don't feel ambivalent about the show. I'm really on the edge of my seat right now. Uh, that's really all I can ever ask for when it comes to a show, a book, and anything. Uh, it's just like to get me somewhere emotionally where. I am being rocked. Uh, and I, I am, I am rocked by Game of Thrones right now. Like I'm really kind of just waiting with bated breath to see how this is going to play out. And that's, that's as exciting for me as, you know, a story itself. It's just the anticipation. It's interesting. I, I mentioned this earlier, but it's interesting just how much they are showing a brand. Maybe they're just like making yes. up for a year of not promoting Isaac Hempstead, right? <laughs> the actor who plays Bran, but they, he's like a key, uh, a key part of the trailer. Seems like a big deal. And they like released, yeah, like one of the first images of season six EW released, uh, was, of what Bran looks like now. He is older, surprisingly, or unsurprisingly. Um, yeah, so I hope that, like, I hope we get a bunch of Bran. And they they even said in there that it's, like, a bit of, a, you know, there are going to be a lot of flashbacks and, and stuff like that. Right, oh, yeah, so I... Oh, it's going to be weird as if we find out who Jon Snow's parents are in the show. But we already know. I know, but still. But we already know. <laughs> and we already know. R plus L equals J forever. Forever. Uh, and it's it's happening. And I if the show gets there first, I got news for you. Uh, Towerofthehand.com got there a lot quicker, or Westeros.org, or wherever those theories first started popping up. Uh, you know, we've been we've been hot on the R plus L equals J beat for a while. Uh, so if the show gets there first, I I don't really care about that. Uh, let, let's. Can we talk about Bran for a bit? Uh, can we talk about Bran forever? I love Bran. I love Bran. I'm really excited to get Bran back because getting Bran back presumably means getting Hodor back. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Yeah, so we can have Twister. But yeah, we've got we've got Hodor will presumably coming back. Bran is back in the mix. Does seem to be very very present in the season six marketing so far, such as it exists. It's really Jon Snow is front and center, and then beyond that. Bran seems to be the next biggest person that they're pumping up. Uh, Bran had been completely off the show for an entire season. Uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright got to grow up. Uh, so we got to figure out how, how we're going to make things make sense for Bran. So where do you think that we're going to be with Bran when we come back? I mean, I think we're, we're, bas- be- we're basically, we're basically caught up with him in the books already. We have been for about a season now. Um, do you think that there's going to be a reflection of real time that's passed or is the show going to try to explain finally, like, yeah, we took a season away from Bran so that when we come back, he's realistically, you know, uh, like a, like a deep adolescent. Well, I remember the line that David and Dan said, the creators of the show, or yeah, showrunners, creators of the show said at the time was that they wanted to have a moment like between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for Bran where, you know, Luke became a Jedi. When we catch up with Bran, they want to have him be full-fledged whatever he is. So I imagine that it's going to be, he'll probably be exactly where we left him, but with real time amount of time that passed. And I would imagine that he's just going to be like fully trained 
under the three-eyed raven doing whatever it is that he's going to ultimately be doing. And even though we might get some of the same visions and some of those similar story patterns in the show that we didn't get, uh, that were in the book, I would imagine that it's going to be past where Bran is in the book. I would imagine, I mean, if he's been gone for a year or however much time is supposed to have passed between seasons, a lot will have changed and he'll be super powerful and super aware of his abilities. And that is really, really cool because I think that Bran is one of the most interesting characters on the show. One in the, in the story has like the most potential could be a huge, either heroic character or villainous character. Like if he goes to the dark side, if he sides with the white walkers for whatever reason, that could be a game changer. So I'm really interested to see where he ends up. Yeah. I've been really excited about Bran for a while. I've, I've said this, I, I must've said this on the record. I've certainly said it privately that one of my very favorite chapters in the entire, entire series of, of a song of ice and fire is the second brand chapter in dance when he comes upon the three eyed Raven for the first time. And I've been really invested in seeing where that story is going. I think the show has been a little hit or miss with Bran's story here and there. It's not the most cinematic story uh, of all of the characters in, in this in this world of Westeros, so I get it. I get why it's hard to convey. It moves at a at a slower pace. Meanwhile, Isaac Hempstead Wright is moving and growing at a very fast pace. So it's a it's a hard one to convey. But I do think that now we're at that moment where Bran's powers really ought to catalyze a lot of what's going to go on on the show. And, and I think they're going to lean into the flashback ability yeah. as well. That can fill in so many gaps. Yeah, yeah, it really can. I mean, theoretically, we could get a Robert's Rebellion episode. You know, we could we could get a, a, a Tourney at Harrenhal episode in theory. You know, there's you a lot they're of... going to do, like some standalone episodes. We have a friend, Carol Warner, who <laughs> she covers Game of Thrones as well. And every time she sees David and Dan and she has been interviewing them since before season one came out, but literally every time she sees them, she goes, when am I getting my tourney and Heron Hall episode? And then she moved up to season. And then I think she went back to episode, but, but what do you think is a likelihood that they'll spend an entire flashback Kara wanted a tourney of Harrenhal season? I think so. I love how I'm saying that that's like, I'm saying that. That's the line too far. Yeah, having just pitched uh, the strong Belois season. Uh, There's much more depth to Belois than the tourney of Harrenhal, and I don't think that that's a controversial statement at all. No, I, I think. Listen, I've been I've been championing for that for a while. Is I think it'd be really cool to do like some sort of funky bottle episode. That's it wouldn't really technically be a bottle episode. I would assume it would be some sort of time hopping adventure, but something that's a little bit unusual, something that's a little bit bizarre for Game of Thrones, which would be to really go into flashback for for one night only, uh, or maybe a few nights would be would be cool as well. But there's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of prophecy. There's a lot of material from earlier in the stories of these characters' lives that would be very cool and potentially critical to see on screen at some point. And Bran is a guy who theoretically should be able to see those things the further and further he gets into his training with uh, with Bloodraven. My dogs um, were super into that idea, by the way. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything, but I'm glad. I'm glad. All of my co-hosts these days have, have barking dogs. It's great. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, now, listen, I've got obnoxious cats, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that we could, I think we could absolutely get that. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, I would be, I would be very, very, very happy with that. I would as well. And I, yeah, I want them. Yeah. I want to see. What are the, what are the stories? So, so yeah, again, perfect world. We're reading the book first. We're not reading the book. We're getting the show first. So the, the stories of these characters are about to continue since 2011. Who are, who are the characters that you've really been eager to see where they're going next insofar as how they line up on the show? Because I mean, something like Jamie and Brienne, that doesn't exactly line up where they're left off in Dance of the Dragons. Maybe that's the point that we're going to build up to in season six. Maybe their story isn't going to move too far forward, but somebody who is at a moment where like the next thing that we see on the show is going to definitively be past where they were at the end of book five. Who are you really excited to see that about? Or maybe conversely, who are you, who are you dreading to see what happens? Hmm. Well, there are a couple of people who aren't caught up yet, like uh, Arya and then Marjorie and Cersei. 
where I'm really excited to see what happens next with their stories that we know is coming. That doesn't answer your question. Uh, and also beyond that, I'm trying to think who else, like a bunch of the stories are a little different. I guess Danny, I actually sort of don't care about Danny. I know story anymore. Do you think uh, that they, have they done a better job on, on the show? Like, are you feeling better no. about where she could be on the show? I mean, she's with the Dothraki. I don't, I mean, it'll be interesting to see why we're going back there, what more there is to mine from that, to sending her basically back to square one. Um, I think that, you know, I know that Tyrion in the show versus books is a little bit different, but I think they're heading toward the same, uh, like I think they're still on the same path, and I'm really excited to see what he can be doing in Marine. Um I'm trying to think who else, I guess Bran, but we already went over that. Sansa's super different right now. So different. Beyond, yeah, that's, that's the thing too, is like, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get a bunch of things. I mean, this is also what George writes in his live journal update, which is like, is the show going to spoil the books? Yes and no. Butterfly effect, which I know is like kind of like a, like a trigger word with Game of Thrones right now when it comes from him. But I think that there's some validity to that because Sansa, for example, is so different on the show yeah. than, than she is in the books. I guess John, John goes without saying. I yeah, really, I wonder because like we know some of the casting that they've done for this season and we know they've cast Sam's family. But in the books, it's Brienne who, who gets, who comes across Randall Tarley. And I wonder if it's going to be similar with Brienne this season. If it's not going to be Sam who goes to his family, if Sam still goes to Old Town and then it's like Brienne or a different character who right. comes across them. That's what I hope. And yeah. this season, we're also getting, um, we're we're getting the Iron Islands. We're getting the Ironborn. We uh, are. We should talk about some of the things that are that are coming up that we know about. We know that uh, that Euron Greyjoy is going to be in the mix, played by some actor with a name that I can't even. I pronounced it at one point. I interviewed pretend. him very briefly for this great Danish film he's in called A War. He's like Pilau Asbak. Wow, I I hope that that's right. Otherwise, it's just an unfortunate Sorry. thing. Sorry. He is playing Euron Greyjoy. That's really great. We have that coming up. A lot of people thought that Ian McShane from Deadwood, who has been cast on the show, a lot of still people don't know thinking, who he is. A lot of people were thinking that maybe he was going to be Euron Greyjoy, but that was really exciting casting news is that Ian McShane is going to be on the show and we don't officially know who he is but there is very heavy speculation about who he's playing and i think it sounds pretty legit Ooh, what is it i actually haven't heard this um so the the thing with ian mcshane is uh there basically he said like i'm i'm gonna be on or i think even in like the initial announcement of ian mcshane coming to the show is that he was playing a quick but pivotal role Mm -hmm. uh that he is somebody who was going to be on the show for not a very long time um but he was and they were just keeping his identity a secret um he elaborated a little further in an interview and i think when he thought that he wasn't saying a lot he actually said a ton uh and he said something to the effect of like i'm only on there for a minute for like an episode but i'm involved in bringing back someone you wouldn't expect to see on the show again um this has led to heavy speculation that he's playing the elder brother from the quiet aisle and that the person that he is helping to bring back would be the hound oh yeah i did read yeah i like that theory I love that theory. And I think that that's a really great, uh, unexpected part for someone like Ian McShane, who is typically, you know, this kind of gravelly, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, a- antagonistic presence. He's, he's got this very menacing force about him. Uh, and for him to be playing the elder brother would be a real turn uh, toward what we expect typically of that actor. So I love that uh, for many reasons, not the least of which would mean the hound would be back in the show. And even if that's just to do like a little, Hey, how you doing? He's alive. He's doing well. He's doing his thing. We're going to leave him there, which is what I've always hoped we would get from the hound. I don't want him to be drawn too deeply back into the story unless there's a really cool way to do it. Um, or, or even if that is what happens, if that means he's going to go fight Frankenstein monster, uh, the, the mountain, if he's going to get to do a zombie 
mountain battle, if the Clegane <laughs> Bowl is real, uh, then that would be cool as well. But if if that's what this is pointing to, if it's pointing to, you know, all eyes are on the resurrection of Jon Snow, but if we're going to get the Hound back on the show, that would be pretty sweet as well. Yeah. I mean, who else could it be? It could be Sirio Pharrell. It could be that guy who was like a background character who we thought could have been a nod to Strong Bellos, but bring him back, and it actually is Strong Bellos. <laughs> no way! If Ian McShane was Strong Bellos, oh, wait, wait what if it's Nymeria? No, if he's the direwolf. No, but if he like brings back Nymeria. Oh, so he's like a direwolf keeper. Well, maybe she just like, like kills Diablo him and that reintroduces it. Now I'm trying to think of like what characters we haven't seen in. Nah, I think I think it seems he's elder brother. I think that's where we're going. That feels like that's a that's a great role that you want to fill out with a really great actor and I think that What if uh, he is even- Brandon Stark Ned's older brother? Well, and I'm it's wondering- a flashback. I was wondering if he was going to be the Mad King in a flashback. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be, be great, too. And, I mean, that would be bringing back a character who we, you know, wouldn't have expected to see again, uh, let alone at all, because he's been dead for, for many, many years. How often would it be to, like, see the Mad King? Because if you – they originally shot, like, the, the flashback to Brandon Stark being killed by the Mad King. If you look – I think it's like the very first. Yeah. I have a screenshot of it bookmarked on my computer because, because I never want to leave it. I know I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it after this goes live. Um, if I remember, which I'll remember, but someone will remind you. Someone will remind me. So it's in like the very first footage or one of the very first like features that was put out about Game of Thrones. And you see this brief flash of it was Sean Bean's double who is playing his brother, uh, in this flashback. And it's like a close up of him and you can see the Mad King sort of in hazy focus sitting on the Iron Throne in the background from like the wow. first pilot. Well, yeah. Well, look, I mean, this is the thing. This is why it's so great to have Bran back on the show is because what if he takes us back to that time? You know, what if what if that's where we're going? What if we get to see what was going on with the Mad King? What if we get to go back to Robert's Rebellion? What if we get to see all that stuff in an episode this season? You wouldn't want to miss that just because the book hasn't come out. Come on. Uh, Yeah, it's true. I mean, why don't they just spend the whole season doing that? And then this can be a filler season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll go back and recast it now. Probably because the thing has already been shot and it's... Yeah, it's I mean, it's really weird, right, to just be speculating weird. upon casting the little that we do know. Like, there is some catch-up that needs to be done. Uh, but it's so... It's like we don't have any book stuff necessarily. I know, I know. I wonder, though, if George is going to drop another chapter before the new season. Like, imagine what? if he drops the chapter that shows what yeah. happens to Jon Snow. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. You know, I think that that's the move. That feels to me like the move. Unless it's like several, several, several chapters where Jon's fate unfolds, which also seems really likely. Uh, it would so, be cool you know. to get a brand chapter. It'd be cool to get a brand chapter. I think with, with like the John thing, especially if, you know, let's say John wargs into ghost, uh, and chills out in ghost for a while. Sort of the way that George R. R. Martin plays these types of things, I could see there not being a John POV again for a while. Right. Maybe not even ever. And that wouldn't necessarily preclude John from coming back. It would just mean that his POV has been eliminated. Um, you know, sort of like the Lady Catelyn, the Lady Stoneheart type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I could, I could see that. But I think in theory, let's say there is just like this blockbuster Jon Snow comes back to life chapter waiting in the wings. Yeah, drop that ish. Let's see that. Let's get that out there. That would be great. Or, yeah, or like a Melisandre chapter or something. Like yeah, that. anything. Like that would be that would be a great compromise. And he did that'd it be a last really, year. He did it with Sansa and he did it with Mercy the year before, I believe it was. I think that'd be a really badass way to, to queue up the season and also just like to own that yeah. story. Uh, so that would be, that'd be great. And just like drop excerpts, like <laughs> throughout the season before every episode, like <laughs> just, anytime, like a major thing is about to happen. And if he hasn't written that chapter yet, he could just like scribble down on a post-it and he's like, Sam Waltarly dies. <laughs> the most anticipated yeah. ebook ever. Just yeah. burst out. Yeah. Well, I hope Sam Waltarly doesn't die, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could just, he could, he could be the spoiler. He could spoil the spoilers before they spoil his book. <laughs> We have a lot of big wishes. I think we should, I mean, the marketing team for Game of Thrones has been doing pretty okay so far. 
but I think we should take over. I really think that, no, I think that I love what they're doing this season. I love that Jon Snow is front and center. I love that it's like, stop, you know, pretending like Jon Snow is not coming back. You know, at least acknowledge that he's still a super important part of your show. Yeah, I mean, we Uh, are the the ones speculating that that they aren't going to address it. And they've, oh my God, they've made everyone stay so silent about, like, I've gone into interviews that involve Game of Thrones cast members and they're like, the studio has said, even though we are a separate studio, that you cannot ask any Game of Thrones questions. They are contractually obligated to not talk about Game of Thrones. It cracks me up. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. All right, Terry, uh, we got to wrap up because you got a busy week. TCA coming up this week for you, so you are going to be deep in the trenches. Deep in the trenches in a ballroom in a chair that I will not leave for two and a half weeks. So wish me luck. I will do my best to shower. No Staples Center hot dogs? No Staples Center hot dogs. They actually, they feed us pretty well at okay, these, but yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the next, next time we speak, I mean, we will not take six months before we do another one of these podcasts. Absolutely not. And wish Game of Thrones good luck at the Golden Globes this week. I was just about to ask. So Game of Thrones won at the Emmys earlier. Uh, they, they won at the Emmys for Best Drama. What are their odds for, for uh, Golden Globes? What do you think? I don't think so. I think that there are a lot of fresher contenders. Uh, well, Here's, here's here's who they got up against for, for best television series drama. It's Empire, Game of Thrones, Mr. Robot, Narcos, and Outlander. Yeah. I feel I, like Game of Thrones has a good shot in that. Really? Mix. Because I think all those other shows are new shows, and Game of Thrones is the, the old show there. Like, Mr. Robot, I think, is going to be getting a lot of acclaim this year. I don't know if you guys have watched it. I've watched about half oh, yeah, of it. Oh, yeah, Mr. Robot's the best. It's amazing. Like, it, Empire is, like, the popular choice, even though I think the, the buzz for season one might have been a bit bigger than season two. Um, Outlander, like, swept up a bunch of awards, considering it hasn't gotten acclaim really anywhere else, and stars got, like, a lot of love uh, in the globe nominations this year and then narcos i think you know that could be exactly the type of show that the hollywood foreign press acknowledges so i honestly would be more surprised if game of thrones won than if any of those other shows won but you're betting betting against game of thrones i am but i also would be perfectly happy for because i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on game of thrones behalf okay so you Um, bet game of thrones behalf i bet anyone else but game of thrones what happens if either of us win oh man that seems like a terrible deal for me um, I don't know. Standard mustache for dress. All right, but you wear a mustache and I wear a dress. That's boring. <laughs> we got to switch it up. All right, yeah, mustache uh, for dress. All right, that's the cla- that's the classic that's the deal. Classic so, go-to. So we'll 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 resolve that the next time. We'll we'll have a video component for the next uh, next book club. You guys hold us to that. Uh, so it was, it was a brief return of the book club. Really glad we got to do this, Terry. Always always a pleasure talking. I Game missed your voice. I missed yours. I missed your voice so much. Um, we uh, it's going to be interesting uh, doing book club this season with notebook to talk about we'll figure out how that works but we'll still be figure funny something. if we like change our logo and just like still keep it that it says game of thrones book club but just have like an x through the book <laughs> <laughs> burn the books <laughs> once we yeah. fully catch up once we get through every plot line we just <laughs> game of thrones club yeah, so there's there's a lot to talk about. I mean, so much has happened in the off season that I'm sure we didn't even scratch at the surface of a lot of stuff that's gone on. So hopefully we'll be able to get another podcast. Certainly not in the near future, uh, but certainly before Game of Thrones returns, we'll be able to do another one of these. We'll talk about a lot of theories that are out there. We'll talk about anything uh, that that we may have missed. You guys can leave us comments on the comments page and drop some of the things that you want to hear us talk about in future podcasts. You can always tweet at us as well. Terry's at Terry underscore Schwartz. I'm at round howard what did we say for the hashtag president bellwaz is that uh, good strong bellwaz for president strong bellwaz for president all right so so give us that hashtag let us know that you made it all the way to the end of this and we will be back as soon as humanly possible all right bye terry bye josh <laughs>